Well, good morning again. Before we uh, get going, a couple of things. Uh, when we go to the picnic in the park, that's at Cypress Grove. All right, have it right. If you would like to bring food for yourself, plus one. That way when we have guests and friends, and uh, we'll have plenty of food. Also, the, the uh, Easter lilies are memorial lilies. So if you want to uh, purchase one in honor of somebody that is no longer with us, uh, you can do that. We'll get a little card for it. So, uh, so we'll have those. Let me ask you a question. If you knew that you had one week to live, what would you do different? That's a sobering thought, isn't it? What, what, what would you do if, if you knew that you just had seven days, a week? Would you change? Would you change relationships with people that you love? What would you do if you knew that your time was limited? If you want to follow along there in your Bible, we're in Matthew chapter 21. Here's Jesus coming into Jerusalem right before the crucifixion. Jesus knows his time is short. Now, if you look at the life of Jesus, if you look at the ministry of Jesus, those three and a half years preceding this event, many times Jesus had to hide himself or, or to move or to camouflage to not allow people to stone him or crucify him ahead of his appointed time. When Jesus' mother, Mary, asked him to, to do something at the wedding to help because they had no more wine, Jesus did turn the water into wine, but his response to her was, my hour is not yet come. And we find that again when, when, when the leaders had, had talked to Jesus and they spoke to him and they were irate. And he says, well, why are you upset with me? Do you not believe that I am from God? And they said, I'm not upset with you that, that, you're, a, that you're from God. You're, you're a man and you say that you are God. And they were going to stone him with, with stones and Jesus escaped. Much of the, the ministry that Jesus had in those three and a half years was ministry, but, but he had to guard himself for this moment, for this time that we're talking about today in Matthew 21. Jesus is there and he knows that his time is now at hand, that the reason why he came into this world is now. Hebrews says, sacrifices and offerings you no longer wanted, but a body you have prepared me. Jesus knew that he was the lamb that was going to be slain. He knew that his blood was going to bring salvation to humanity. And Jesus knew that right now, this is the time. This is my time. This is when I no longer have to, to hide or to camouflage or to duck or to, or to um, elude somebody. This is my time. 
And when we look at how he approached Jerusalem, I think there's some things that are just revolutionary in here. Jesus had been to Jerusalem before. And yet this time, he tells his disciples, he said, I want you to go and, and there's, a, there's a donkey with a colt and I want you to go get them. And, and, and if the owner says, hey, what are you doing with my donkey and colt? says, the master has need of them and bring them over. I've often wanted to do that with a car lot. <laughs> what are you doing with that new Ferrari? Well, the master has need of it. Uh, I don't think it'd work well. But here, here's Jesus, and, and so he does this. And, and what's so amazing is, would you turn that for me, please? For some reason, this one does not want to work. Uh, Jesus was fulfilling Scripture. Jesus, it, this, this passage is found in Ezekiel 9, some 520 years before Jesus was born and walked on the earth, the prophet prophesied that Jesus, that the king would come riding on a colt, proclaiming his kingdom. So Jesus is fulfilling prophecy. What he is saying is, and John, John understood it, because in John 1 he says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And John 1.14 says, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. What Jesus was saying is, you can trust my words because the, the words that, that you rely upon are written about me. And I take, I take faith in that understanding that the words of Jesus are true. Now, I don't know how he is going to perform it. I'm sure 520 years before when, when, uh, when, those, when that was penned, I'm sure the prophet didn't understand how the king was going to ride on a colt and where that colt was going to come from. But the Heavenly Father understood how it was going to work out. So I don't know today how all of the promises that Jesus has given us that if you trust in him that you shall never die. But I do know this, it is going to happen. I don't know how the dead in Christ are going to rise, but I know they will rise. I know that I don't understand how we're going to get a new body, but I know, praise God, that I'm going to have a new body. I don't know what I'm going to be doing in eternity, but I do know this, I am going to live in that city where the Lamb is the light, and I will live there forever and ever and ever, and so will everyone that puts their faith, hope, and trust in Christ. How that's going to work out, you got me. Don't know. I don't just don't know how that's going to work out, but I do know this. Jesus said, all of the prophets spoke of me. His words are sure and steadfast. And if Jesus said, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, but I'm going to prepare a place for you. I believe with all of my heart that Jesus is preparing a place for all of those that have put their faith, hope, and trust in him. I don't know what it's going to be like. We catch glimpses of it in Scripture, but I do know this. It's going to be far better than anything that we have ever seen. Scripture tells us when we get to heaven, for 30 minutes there's going to be silence. That's going to be a 30-minute silence in heaven. 
before we start worshiping the Lord and casting our crowns at his feet. And sometimes we wonder, well, what is that 30 minutes? What are we going to be doing? My, this is my own personal theology. Uh, you can disagree and be wrong if you want. Uh, I think that when we get to heaven, it's going to be so stunning that our jaw is going to hit the ground, that it's going to take our breath away, our speech, the awe and the splendor and the grandeur and the glory. And the first thing that we do is everything that Jesus has given us, that crown of righteousness, we cast it at his feet and say, Lord, we're not worthy of this. Wow. Jesus fulfilled scripture when he came in. The second thing that Jesus did, Jesus received worship. And, and I think this is really amazing that, that Jesus received the worship of those around them. They were singing, Hosanna to David, to the son of David. Hosanna to God in the highest. And they were worshiping the Lord. And I found it interesting that, that they were taking like palm leaves and laying them down. And, and palm leaves, I don't know if they just had a stack of them over there at their lows or, or whatever they had, but, but they're really tough to get off of trees. I mean, it was really pretty amazing. I mean, I, I was trimming the other day, but I had an electric one and it was, they didn't have them back then. You know, and, and I was just thinking, man, it took some effort. It took some effort for them to, to get those, those branches and, and lay them there. And, 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 and sometimes worship in, in our lives, when we're worshiping the Lord, requires a little sacrifice on our part. Sometimes when we're, when we're cutting those branches in our lives to, to lay them down before the Lord, sometimes it, it kind of requires a little sacrifice on our part to, to worship the Lord. But I will promise you this, it's worth it. Because he is worthy of all praise. Something else that they were doing is they were taking their outer coat off, their outer garment, and laying it down. And allowing that, that donkey to to walk across their outer coat. See, the outer coat was the, was the robe that we kept on the outside, but the end, what you were wearing under it, was never really exposed. And when they took off that outer robe, that outer garment, what they were really wearing was seen by all. Find it interesting that when we, when we worship the Lord, when we truly worship Him, not... Lord, bless, bless this, bless that. Lord, make sure I get the house payment. But when we worship the Lord, when we get to that place in worship, that, that it's, it's not a laundry list of things I need him to accomplish, nor is it a, a laundry list of my concerns and doubts. But when I get to that place in worship where I don't care who's around. I don't care what's going on. I don't care what I'm facing in life. When I'm in the presence of the King of Kings, when I'm really worshiping Him, I am vulnerable. I take off that outer coat, and who I really am is transparent before the Lord, that I have no facade. Worship is one of the most amazing things we can do to transform our lives. 
I have, I have walked into a, a prayer room. I have walked into to, uh, a place of prayer. I've even walked in here with no one here praying. And my problems were big, up to the ceiling, big. And as I began to pray, God started getting bigger. And my problems started getting smaller. And the more I worshipped God, the smaller my problem got, and the bigger God became. And by the time I left, my, my problem, I was just stepping right over it. Woo, look at that little bitty problem. What happened? Did the problem change? No. My perspective on God did. And my perspective on God will determine how I respond. And, and my perspective on God changes when I truly worship Him. Because when you worship, when you really truly worship, you're seeing Him as He really is. And when we see God as He really is, man, there is nothing in this world that you cannot overcome. There's nothing in this world that will hold you down. There's nothing in this world that can bind you. When I came to Christ, as, as, a, as a young man that didn't know him, that, that had, was burdened by, by the sins and the cares of this world, when I came to him and I worshipped him, when I truly saw how great and glorious and wonderful and powerful he really is and that he loves me, and I felt that overwhelming love of God that the creator of the heavens and the earth had understanding and compassion on me and wanted to set me free. And when I saw him, how big he really is, I was able to walk away from everything that was holding me back because who Whoever the sun sets free is truly free. Wow. So Jesus came and fulfilled all, all the prophecy. We can trust in his words because he is the word of God. Jesus received worship. And in worshiping the Lord, we free ourselves from a limited perspective of God that little box that we like to keep Jesus in when you let him out amazing things happen Jesus did something else he he came in and he cleansed the temple I love this you know sometimes we look at it and we think oh Jesus came in and here's what he did he he got mad he looked over there and says oh these guys are making me sick can't believe it grab something and just starts beating them no that's not what the scripture says scripture says that jesus went out and made a whip you ever braid a whip it takes a little while i was trying to braid little girl's hair last week <sighs> thank god jessica was there uh, i would have never been able to live that one down it's hard but the point is it was very focused it was intentional jesus wasn't flying off hand off the handle he was strategic in what he was doing that jesus prepared a whip and went into the temple and turned over the the money changers and he says you have made my house a den of robbers my house is a house of prayer 
And I've thought about that. I thought about how, what does he mean by, by a den of robbers? What was he robbing the people from? What were they really stealing? Because what they were really doing is trying to help people fulfill the requirements uh, of the law. That when you came to Jerusalem, that you needed a sacrifice. And if you lived from a faraway distance, you no longer had to bring that sacrifice with you, but you could just buy one right there. And the idea of, of that ministry was, hey, we're going to help people. If you don't have a sacrifice, we'll provide one. All you have to do is give us a little money and we'll take care of it. And Jesus said, you're robbing the people. Of what? See, if all you have to do is just come in and, and buy your sacrifice, you don't understand the weight of having to take that sacrifice and take it to the priest. And, and you don't have buy-in. and you don't, you, it, It's not a personal thing. It's just like, I just bought it and I don't, I don't really have that. But, but if, you, if you've raised that sacrifice from the time as little and you understand what it is and you've had to carry that, that sacrifice and make sure it has no spots or blemishes and it's perfect, when you get there, you have a full weight of your transgressions and your sins and the understanding of what that house really is is a house of prayer where you come and you lay your sacrifice down and say God I need you I think sometimes in our in our world and this is my own theology as well so or, or personal opinion but I think sometimes we've made Christianity much too easy that we, have, that we have made so many programs and so many agendas and that we've become so seeker-friendly. Yes, I said it. We have become so seeker-friendly that we have allowed people to come in and accept Christ as their personal Savior and never feel the weight of their own sin. Never feel the shame of being encountered by a holy God. I think the thing that we can do to change that, and I'm, and I'm not talking about this church because I've told you before, you're like Mary Poppins, you're practically perfect in every way. Uh, but if we want to help the world around us that doesn't know Jesus, if we really truly want to help them, this will not be a house of anything else but prayer. This will be a place where people can encounter God, that when they walk in those doors, they'll feel the presence of God that they will feel the weight of the relationship or the lack of relationship they have with God, that they'll feel the, that wooing presence of the Lord that is inviting them to come into an eternal relationship with their Creator. A house of prayer. A house of prayer. Can I ask you a question? You don't have to respond. Please don't respond. You have any tables in your temple that you need to overturn? To allow your, your, your prayer to be effective. Wow. Jesus cleansed the temple. I want my temple to be cleansed. Paul said it this way. He says, don't you know that you're the temple of the Holy Spirit? 
that we are collectively and when we come together we're the temple of the Holy Spirit but when we're out in the world out every day we're the temple of the Holy Spirit I don't I don't want anything in my life no matter how well intended it is to interfere with my relationship with Christ I want that relationship to be there I want my life to be a a temple of prayer I want this church to be a, a house of prayer that that when people come in they fall in love with God Jesus cleansed the temple he fulfilled prophecy he received worship he cleansed the temple and then right after that when the temple was all nice and clean he started healing the sick started having those that were sick those that were lame those that were blind those that were deaf they were coming to him and Jesus was healing them I love that I love that I, lo I love that Jesus said my house is a house of prayer and so and, and here's and, and it's a place where you meet God and he began to allow people that had needs to encounter God man what a what a, a is there a better place to encounter God than in his house. I mean, let me ask, how many how many people here has the Lord healed? Wow. Doctors told my my parents when I was young. I went through when I was younger. I had pneumonia, scarlet fever, and, and rheumatic fever within a matter of weeks, and it and it left my heart. Uh, not functioning right and the doctors told my parents uh, he will never live to the age of 10. I'm so glad they were wrong but I remember you know as a kid you know I even missed a whole year of school had to homeschool because there was I couldn't be around anybody and 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 I, I find it interesting that that it was a uh, some friends of my mom and dad, he was an old country preacher, came by, prayed for me one day, and things started changing after that. And it was a simple prayer, I can't even tell you what it was, but I do know that that, that day I felt something in me and things changed. I believe that the Lord still heals. He heals physically. He heals spiritually. He will heal emotionally. Jesus is a healer. And he will heal anything that is hurt or sick or lame or blind or halt in your life. If you come to him and you say, Lord, I am in need, he will not turn you away. The Lord heals. Not only does he heal, this is, this is the part I really like. I like all of this. I, I have the spiritual gift of, of uh, irritation. Did, have you? It's really a lot of fun. It's a great gift. I, I enjoy it. Um, I use it quite often, especially with my children. Uh, but Jesus was doing all of these amazing, wonderful things, re receiving worship, and people were being set free, and then he cleansed the temple and, and put it back in its right order, and everybody was like, yes, and then he started healing people, and, and he was teaching them, and, and, and everybody was overjoyed except for the religious ones. 
because it was going against their theology. It was rocking the boat. And if you know anything about being politically correct, the one thing you do not want to do ever is rock the boat. Just call. Jesus disturbed the religious. The Bible says they were angry. They were ticked off. I'm going to tell you this. I'm not a prophet. I'm not a son of a prophet. But I will tell you this. Any of us, you, I, all of us, any of us together, we do all of these things. We, we trust in the word of God. We, we worship with reckless abandon. We make the house of God a house of prayer. And, and, and we allow the Lord to heal us. And, allow, and that healing begins to, to pour out. That, that emotional and physical and spiritual healing begins to happen. You're going to see some people that will disagree with you. I don't know why. Well, I do know why. Because it's when you're half asleep, you don't want to be woken up. So, if I'm looking at, at Palm Sunday, and I see this story, and I see all the things that Jesus has done, and I look at it, and he's saying, I am no longer under disguise i am here i know what's going to happen i know i'm going to be crucified and i am going to ride into jerusalem showing who i really am and i believe that's what palm sunday is all about is about jesus saying here's who i really am i am i don't have to do the cloak anymore this is who i am this is what i want this is what i'll do and if we look at that our lives can be transformed by seeing Jesus for who he really is. The King of kings, the Lord of lords, the one that all the scripture has written about. Jesus knows that he's going to be crucified, but Jesus knows that in three days he will rise again and he will be victorious over death, our number one enemy. And he will set the world upside down he will set it on fire he will allow us the privilege and the opportunity to be called the children of God but he wants us to see him for who he is wow how do you see Jesus is he your, is he your king is he your lord is he your soon coming king we used to sing that song oh I want to see him look upon his face Am I the only one that knows that? Anybody else know that? Oh my gosh, there's two of us. We're old. <laughs> Sometimes I, I sing that occasionally just to myself, and I, I think, wow, I do want to see him. I do want to see him. I do want to look upon his face. The one that died for me, the one that's given me eternal life. I want to see him. And we're going to. This Palm Sunday, let's put Lord, the Lord first. As he rolls into your life, would you take time to, I know who he is, to worship him, to remove anything from your life that, that would hinder your, your, your temple. And would you allow the Lord and his presence to bring ministering and healing to you?